Yo, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we are going through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super veteran, double down Justin, joined by my co-host, Mr. Fantastically Super Longman, Sir Kent Beef Third, <laughs> also known as Jacob. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I- Hello, everybody. I'm the Super Rookie. Uh, today, we are talking about the amazingly fun movie that is Film Gold. Um, this was a this was actually the first One Piece movie that came out theatrically in the United States. I looked that up on the wiki. So all the previous movies were like DVD releases at some point, right in the West. But this was the first one to come out in theaters for a limited time in the in the United States. This so is the first was... One Piece film that I saw ever. Then there you go. <laughs> that actually winds up then, and. Boy, this is a this is a really good starting point for the movie co- releases coming out because crisp animation, drip check across the board, a fan a, a not a fantastic but one of the better uh My one God, piece movie drip, villains. Dude. Yeah, even yeah, even the villains got the drip where he's straight up like JoJo inspired, uh, Hirohito art style inspired, where he's got like the the star earrings, he's got like the the shades, the lighting on his neck where it's like. Straight up, like, it, it, it doesn't go full JoJo, obviously. Like, he doesn't have the lips, yeah. obviously. It's it's but, definitely, you can see it, even in the way his jawline is kind of drawn. It's very Araki, for sure. Yeah, it's like, you still gotta be One Piece when you're, there's their character designs. But you got the whole Las Vegas aesthetic with this whole giant-ass ship, which they say it's a massive ship. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the second largest ship, because that's supposed to be the Thriller Bark ship. After Thriller Bark. Yeah, but... I'm looking at the ship in the movie. I'm like, no, this is the largest ship. You're, you're, it you're looks pretty big, huh? <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's no fog to hide how big it actually is, granted. But I'm also just like... Actually, I actually kind of got the impression it was a little bit misscaled in the beginning. When they're, when the straw hats, you see the sunny and it sails in. It actually doesn't look like it's as big as it appears to be later. That's actually true. Like, it's from the front. It is a wide uh, ship from the front. But when you look at it from the side, that's where its true size is. Yeah. It is like a cruise ship. It's massive. And it makes sense because this is supposed to be like a one piece version of Las Vegas. And I kind of blew the gun there when I titled one of our episodes Viva Dress Rosa because I can't <laughs> do it for this episode. I can't put Viva uh, Gran Tesoro. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I got to think of a new I title. I mean, for we that. could, but. I was thinking of Fighting Gold after the song from uh, the yeah, JoJo I'm, opening. I'm feeling the JoJo reference. You know, maybe yeah. the, the, the film Gold experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're, yeah, sorry. We're, we're brainstorming already. Film Gold is an amazingly fun movie. With the production and visual side, I think... I said this last episode about Film Z that had the best animation. No, this movie has the best animation all throughout. By, by far. By far. Holy, Holy shit. shit. The, the first, <laughs> like, 13 minutes of this movie is a yep. flex. All flex. It is straight up animators showing off. We got the time. We got the budget. We got the gold on our side. We're going to make it up. All the Straw Hats, unfortunately, except for Chopper, are going to have an amazing introduction. You want to talk about that, right, real quick? How Chopper's done dirty in that intro? (laughs) Because this scene, as we just said, it looks incredible. Like, absolutely amazing. It's Sakuga. It's eye candy. It's everything I want to see. It's animation porn, straight up completely and everyone mm-hmm. is doing these awesome choreographed moves and it looks incredible and we then see- you have chopper's scene at the very end of this yeah. and he's he doesn't he doesn't get to do anything he literally yeah. gets to treat usopp and like and freak out over usopp yeah like, why can't he go into hulk mode why, he gets why nothing not? 
And I'm yeah. starting to take this this chopper disrespect a little personally. Some of these <laughs> animators. I, and I hate to think it too, but I like to think that like the producers in, they also just don't like Chopper that much, unfortunately. And they're probably just going. I mean, you know, you know what? That little shit got two movies of his own. He doesn't get the introduction. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It was truly it, di- straight up just disrespect. Yeah, because like it, even in that you know that animation opening where we get our inter- our villain introduction where he's like walking up the steps, just snap into the beat and just going showtime gets the cane out and we yeah, get the Grand Vegas Tessero, fanfare. Gil- or Tessero gets a better opening than Chopper. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like everyone's performing. We get the sexy Karina performing in the spotlight, and everyone's dancing. The fanfare's great. The Straw Hats are coming up in like summer outfits and straight up like that's a great aesthetic start because it shows us how hot it is because remember it's like the mojave desert right how las vegas and a mojave desert always makes you wish for a nuclear winter for how hot it is so everyone's like no shirts i had to throw in a new vegas reference in there sorry um everyone has no shirts bikinis are on swim trunks are on it's a reinforcement how hot it is you got the golden powder showering on them as they're entering the ship and then another batch of pirates comes in the long long pirates like the best throwaway side characters in One yeah. Piece, I think. Because... That was a pretty good little sh- like uh, gag. Like he, his name was like ridiculously long, and they didn't yeah. even let him finish it. Mister Mister really Fantastic that. Nicholas Augustus the Third, or whatever, some bullshit. And then Luffy punches him before he can finish. That dude had a Gatling gun for a forehead too, by the way. He just kept like batting his chest, I think, to rotate the barrels. But um, even all the those side characters, his officers, they all had like. In distinctive designs as if they were going to be characters at some point. Right. They decided not to. I noticed that as well. Like, the guy Desert was fighting looked, like, kind of cool, like, in design. Was, I, I was thinking as well, um, the one Brooke was fighting, the the monkey with, like, the man claws, like, the wolf yeah. ring claws. Oh, my God. Also, real quick, Brooke had the best intro by far. Holy <laughs> the, hey, the movies might dislike Chopper, but the movies they love, love Brooke. Brooke. <laughs> they love Brooke. They love Brooke. Which also might be the winner for the drip check in this movie, because god damn. That's kind of how I'm feeling as well. Bad bitch Brooke strikes again. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Las Vegas aesthetic is beautiful. The animation is crisp. Um, The movie OCs, I think we can start with them with the drip check before we get to the Straw Hats, because even the OCs drip in this movie are fucking fantastic. Yeah. We mentioned the main villain. He's got the white suit. It's very sharp. He, he's the most dripped out villain that has ever appeared in the series, including mm. Ken. And that's just yeah. a fact. Yeah, because I was thinking, too, I'm like, okay, this guy might be Discount Doflamingo, and he basically kind of is, because he's, in the movie, he admits, like, they're rivals. But I'm like, I'm thinking, like, the drip check, I'm going, like, okay, your glasses aren't as iconic as Doflamingo's, but you got iconic glasses regardless, and you got the suits, you got the, you got your own, like, brand on your back, because you had a run-in with the Celestial Dragons, but then, like, this, you got, again, the whole vegas look going on just owns up to it he even wears uh early on i think like a like a pink suit and yeah. he rocks that shit so yeah. good <laughs> it's a pretty clean looking suit mm-hmm. he's got the pink and gold and white like again he makes it work um, he, he it looks like a stand user if you're at all familiar with jojo that's completely. his whole vibe Mm-hmm. completely does and almost Almost you think he would be, because at the end he uses like the colossal uh the Colossus of Tesoro instead of the Colossus of Rhodes. And it's mm. like that's basically his stand, basically. Yeah. We we would <laughs> take those. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> it it wasn't as cool as like someone like just the same size as him. Yeah. But it, it's fine. It's fine. It it was a cool power and it fits really well with the over like arcing theme and just everything in general. It's also mm-hmm. it was 
it works surprisingly well visually, I'll say, with how much yellow, like for gold, is on the screen. How uh, how well they make the characters pop with their outfits and how you know mm. it just works. It's really well directed and produced. Yeah, we were talking about color palettes a lot in the last couple of movies, and in this one, it's the definite highlight is yellow, absolutely with gold. Um, but it's not overbearing because the character outfits themselves aren't gold a lot of times. It'll be every other color so that the gold backgrounds stand out, but they don't overshadow, right, the outfits. Because like we mentioned, even the OCs are dressed great. And I have to ask, okay, of the movie OCs, Vakarat or Karina? Which one? For, for Drip? For both. Looks and Drip. Because the Drip obviously is Karina. Karina has the, the wider wardrobe. Karina. Yeah. She's got the wider wardrobe. However, Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's... Literally walks in, because the Straw Hats are, like, VIP access at this point, right? And she walks in welcoming them. It's, like, straight up, like, shows sews off all thigh, all leg. She's even got, like, a swirl tattoo on a thigh. She's got the gloves. She's got the strap, the backless dress. She's got the, cur- the curly uh, red hair, the necklace. I'm just, like... I, I, you don't want to kill me before the movie ends. I want to watch the movie. God damn. And then, obviously, Karina later on, right, where she even competes with Baccarat with the drip, where when she first shows up, her performance outfit, beautiful dress. It's like a polka dot with, like, a star on the corner with, like, golden frills at the bottom with, like, a wing on her elbow. Like, yeah. like a pom-pom almost. But, and then her street look, She's got, like, an open uh, color shirt because she can, right? She's very, like, she's very much, like, Nami personality-wise. We'll get more into that later. Um, exposing her cleavage. She's got suspenders, though. And, like, that same dress hat that Robin had in Dress Rosa. And then her final outfit, not the not the heist outfit, but the one before that. She had the open, like, really short black dress with the red um, frills around. And I'm just, like... Movie, you're doing too good with this movie OC that I'm looking at Karina and not Nami when they're side <laughs> by side. You're doing too good of a job. You need to slow down. Yeah, okay? not that she actually makes Nami look conservative in this movie, which is how she's dressing. unheard of. It's unheard of. <laughs> and it's actually weird, too, because when we're looking at the formal wear, they actually do make Nami dress a little more tame in the formal yeah. portion. I guess, again, it's part of the balancing act because they want you to look at the OCs, too, because like, hey, we designed some hot waifu characters compete <laughs> so i i still don't know who i like better in terms of looks but karina obviously has the better wardrobe i think like, i lean towards baccarat i think so too because she also has a cooler power yeah but we'll, again we'll get into that later because that power is insanely fun i, I just kind of like the the jessica rabbit vibe as well mm-hmm. that's why i was also leaning towards baccarat also again dark skin with like darker uh hair color in anime is always Again, Yoroichi, best girl in Bleach, Baccarat, kind of similar vibes of the looks going on here. Just saying. So, with the drip check with the straw hats now, this is going to be hard. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Summer clothing, right? They first see them in the opening. I think the competitors are Sanji, Zoro, Nami, and Robin. Of the, Dude, the swim- yeah. Sanji looks pretty good in his, like, casual swimwear. Mm-hmm. Zoro is just wearing swim trunks, but honestly... It it works, dude. He like you yeah, just the, you like, see all you see the scars. Pattern. Yep, you see the scars. He's wearing. I think he's wearing his beanie automatically, right? I think it, I think he's wearing a hat actually, like a baseball cap. Oh, you know what you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wearing a baseball cap. You're absolutely right. So it comes across as like you know, like someone like going out to swim in a pool in the backyard kind of thing. But again, it works out. Sanji's got like the open shirt and the swim trunks. Nami straight up just has 
just sexy a bikini. bikini. It's just, I think sexy is written on one of the bras, yeah. isn't it? Yep. One of the, 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 the other the one's a cat. Yep. And then Robin has the uh, the tie on top with like oh my, the black. What does that mean? What? Um, what let's, does... not, let's move on. So Moose <laughs> and Brooke also <laughs> look really. I think they have the best looks there for me. For the oh, uh, but the, the I did beginning? like Chopper's monkey suit. Not gonna lie, monkey suit was pretty cute. Monkey suit, yeah, was pretty, pretty cute. cute. That's what it is. But for drip, I think I think Brooke. Man, he just looks so cool in the beginning. Like he's got the pink shorts, the, the blue shirt, uh, that, and he has like that over shirt, like like that short sleeve dress shirt, you know, and it's like the yellow with the floral yeah, pattern. I, I he's see got those where... horns on. I I thought the horns were kind of random though. I thought their horns were a bit too much. I, I just <laughs> dig it. I dig it. I I love the pink shorts though. Um. But yeah, if we're going for like the overall summer look, um, my bias will say Nami or Robin for obvious reasons. Of course. Obviously. But I have to give major props to Sanji and Zoro because they do stand out as well. Uh, Luffy's look was unique. Um, It's connected more to the uh, episode zero of Film Gold. I watched that too before watching this. Um, Where they, he and Frankie had a similar wrestling battle to compete for I forget what reason. Again, it's a filler episode. But Luffy was fill- matching the part. That's why he's wearing the, the robes, right? The ropes. The summer wrestler rope things. I, right. I forget what they're called. But again, with the helmet. I don't know why he's wearing the helmet, though. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, was just kind of right. Luffy, he needs, he needs the rim, you know, of the hat. <laughs> yeah. He needs... I wonder Because he I looks w- really good in the cowboy hat later. Oh, but yeah. It's the rim <laughs> that really, com- you know? Like the yeah. rimmed hat that he wears, like the straw hat or that cowboy hat. The bucket heads don't work for me on Luffy. It doesn't. Uh, Usopp usually has those kind of looks, too. This time he just has the Easter Bunny hat, which, eh, it's okay. But it's it's much more tame compared to his later outfit. And compared to everyone else, though, it's kind of, like, just doesn't stand out there. I might be biased, but I'm going to say Nami wins round one. That's complete bias. Complete bias, I will fully agree. But let's also be honest, there's not that much to rate here in the first outfits, because they're just summer clothing, right? Right. If you want to say Brooke, I will accept that because he's got some style. I don't like the horns, but you know that's personal taste. Now round two, they get to Vegas, right? They get to Grand Tesoro. And Brooke wearing... <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! He looks. Um, he's just. He's really on in this movie. They really do love Brooke. These like, I hate. I hate designers. To, I hate to say it. I think the clear loser is Nami. I hate to say it. I think she has. Again, it's nice and sexy, but it's compared to everyone else, it's just bland. Everyone else has something that really yeah. stands out. Like Chopper has the very cute teal uh tie and the yeah, purple like glasses. Like Robin is showing up with the like the other opposite color palette from a uh, Karina's outfit earlier, like later on in the movie, where it's white and blue instead of black and red, and that really stands out. She's got the golden sunglasses and the ponytail. Um like you said, Brooke is just a pimp. <laughs> He's just a pimp. I'm Dude, not going to quote it. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. The <laughs> sunglasses, the crown, like the long coat. But listen, bad He's bitch Brooke, it. if he wants to wear heels one day and be it a really pimp is. the next day. It really is bad bitch Brooke. That's just he, it's he, the perfect he way to describe it. it. I want to say, honestly, if Brooke didn't have the afro or his hair, I think that look wouldn't work nearly as well. I think oh, it yeah. really brings it all together. However, let's also Dude, his not... whole design doesn't work without the afro. Yeah, the afro honestly. Is <laughs> so you kind of feel for him in film Z when he's saying, "Oh, the seventies, my hair is nice and so- soft again. I can do what I want with it." <laughs> and we understand, yep, yeah, that hair is really important. But let's not sleep on the other straw hats. 
Usopp. Usopp's, Usopp's got a, a close second for me. Yeah, absolutely. He's got... Oh my god. I hate to say it too, from the backside, or even like from an angle, he reminds me of Lucci, when Rob Lucci from CP0. Uh, yeah, I can see that. A little bit, but I'm also like, that's not a bad thing. Lucci's got some good drip too. <laughs> and like Usopp, like he has like the pants that are like just short to show off his shins, but it actually really works with Surprisingly. This. It does. Um, also... because he's wearing for, the high top boots as well, I think. Yeah, it does. Also, Frankie, going full on Elvis. Just yeah. full on Elvis embrace the dub voice i had in my head when i first saw this character <laughs> and i'm just like it all comes back together baby <laughs> but really uh, we haven't mentioned yet who actually really looks good there is luffy luffy, luffy looks, looks really good fantastic this is like one the, of his best looks i was trying i uh messaged you this earlier on discord i couldn't find if this was a reference because i feel like i've seen this before in a movie where he's got, like, the the white shorts, he's got, like, a Hawaiian button-up, he's got the red sunglasses, a cowboy hat. I felt like it was, like, a Bradley Cooper movie, or, like, a Matthew McConaughey. And I was thinking of uh, Fear and Loathing, the cult movie with uh, Johnny Depp. But I couldn't pinpoint exactly. Maybe it's an, an, amalg an amalgamation of different references. Well, if anyone listening knows, clue us in. Please message us <laughs> uh, in the Discord, or us directly on Twitter. But holy shit, it looks fantastic. Zoro Luffy should wear sunglasses more. That's what I take away from this more than anything. He looks yeah. pretty good with the sunglasses. He does. Uh, I lo I know he looks good in the straw hat, but also different hat wear. Different headwear. Not helmets. Yeah. No buckets. Please, no buckets. But hat wear, this looks really good. Um, I'm not sure what to think of Zoro's, because it looks great on the surface, but then you realize, oh, that's a lazy motherfucker. He's preemptively <laughs> already wearing the heist wear underneath the jacket and vest. Even though he doesn't know they're going to do a heist. He's already wearing leather and shit. He already has the, the black yeah. leather and the blue lining. Like, it's a little bit of a lazy design, but I'm also just like, it also is kind of like Zoro a little bit. And then the Straw Hats are like, during the wardrobe matching, they're like, you know what? Zoro was actually wearing this. He's not going to have time to change. Let's just match what he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Got it. I got it. <laughs> that's your headcanon. Yeah. yeah, that's the Alice outfit wearing matching. Got it. Um, he also has like, a very loose, like, white tie over it, and it's just like, eh, I don't know. I don't like it when ties, you can see, like, the, the wrap that's supposed to go around your neck, and it's not hidden by the collar. Yeah. It, with this look, It's like it a loosely worn tie, right? It doesn't look good. However, I will also say, like, honorable mention, Sanji looks fantastic as well. Just all white with the red flower as his, uh... Yeah, he's kind of just, like, inverted color. a little bit, got a red flower. Yep, yeah, it really yeah. works. Sanji looks all... good in the suit. Yep, all white. It's just all a, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, Sanji still looks good in this suit. Who knew? But yeah, I think I, we can all agree. Uh, round two, Brooke easily takes it. Ba bad bitch, pimp Brooke. <laughs> just easily yeah, takes it. I'm, I'm with that. Now, heist. Is it Brooke again? <laughs> Is it I, Brooke again with the heist? <laughs> I, I actually think maybe Luffy looks pretty good in his heist gear. I think he looks okay. Um, yeah, he does look but, pretty good. But Frankie, though. The hair and everything. But Frankie. That does... I don't like it when he's wearing the camo vest. I don't like that, though. No, I liked it when he was wearing, like, he had uh, just, like, the black coat on, and, you know, it's kind of got those, like, teal stripes yeah, and then on he it. and then he hits, like, a button, like, on his armor or, like, his shell at some point, and then, like, it sharpens his hair. So yeah. it looks like it completes the look. Like that's the look I'm guessing you're talking about. Yes. Um, <laughs> that looks really good too. I think I'm gonna say. Oh, actually, Usopp's look is really good too. Actually, he looks good with the beanie and the uh the outfit and the bag. 
Also, of course, Nami, because she just unzips it. Listen, sometimes it's too small, okay? And you just gotta let it breathe, you know? You gotta let it breathe sometimes. It, it fits her sometimes. Because Nami. Because it's Nami, of course. But she does stand out the most, because obviously it's like the most skin showing off. But in terms of actual looks, I think Robin or Brooke win round three. Because they're, they're the one that stands out the most for their default looks. Frankie's is good too, though. I don't disagree. So, uh, I feel like I'm going I'm to give it to Robin for round three. I'm going to give it to Robin for the highest look. I think she, she looks good in leather. It's, it's her look, right? Yeah, so, that's true. So, I'm going to give it to Robin, although I will also say Karina also looks fantastic. But we're talking about the straw hats here in the, the heist outfit. So, yeah, so round one. Nami, no bias whatsoever. Even though I said it was fully biased, it's no bias. Come on, it's the sexy bikini. It's white and blue. It's great. It's sexy. Round two, though, bad bitch Brooke, without a doubt. Round three, I would say Robin. What about you? I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. Obviously, I wouldn't put Nami in the beginning. I would say Brooke. <laughs> or maybe Sanji. So I think Sanji was pretty close in the beginning. Yeah, Sanji was but a good But then I, I, did, I agree with the second yeah, alright, alright. So yeah, the drip check overall, again, the creators are loving Brooke in the movie fashion. Um, it also helps, too, like, because he had the hair, but he's also very tall and lean. Let's not forget that. If you're very tall and lean, you're a, a naturally a good body for a model. So yeah. Brooke makes all the shit looks good. And they're just throwing all of the all the bling and drip on him, man, dude. <laughs> I'm just looking at his jacket from round two with the white, the the, the pimp look. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about the movie eventually. Sorry. Like, again, the movies have gone so good with the, the fashion wear. And this movie didn't hold back either. I still think Strong World had the better wardrobe overall. But let's not sleep on film gold. For that whatsoever, because God damn. Yeah, like this said. movie is is just incredibly fun front to back. Um, I think a good word to describe this movie is passion. There's a lot of heart and passion put into this movie, where the there's a lot of focus into the like aesthetics for movie OCs and Straw Hats. Um, the background of the the main villain that we'll get into a bit later has some thought put into it. A bit rushed, but there is some thought. The design, he looks fantastic as well, even when he's not wearing drip and he's just in that sauna, like, he even looks good there. And the color palette stands out, absolutely. Uh, we mentioned it already, because we can't contain ourselves and be <laughs> organized in any way, but the first 12 minutes, super smooth, Sakaga, holy shit, I cannot exaggerate. This is an audio podcast, we can't explain this very efficiently. It ha yeah, you have to watch it. Just everything it's about it, the colors, like, the, the color palette, the movement, the Sakaga, it's awesome. We actually see the climb attack actually used to take out moves, finally. <laughs> For the it first only, time in a movie. <laughs> it only took, what, 13, 12 movies to get to yeah. that point? But we finally get to see it, and guess what? It worked well, wonderfully, exactly how it's supposed to be done. We even get an ash shot out of it, so everyone wins. But yeah, we get crazy designs of the characters. We get that VIP access where Baccarat shows up and steals my heart. And... Like, literally, like, when Sanji's, like, getting on his knee, I'm just, like, I'm one with Sanji at this moment, dude. I can't hold myself back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the She's dressing. pretty sexy, honestly. She has it's, a great design. I think it's the the dress and glove combo with the hair. I don't know what. And, yeah. you, and then you find out later on, that obviously, the, the gloves are for an actual practical reason. But, again, it's just a great look. Um, So, obviously, 
they get to Vegas, right? And they do what you do when you get to Vegas. You gamble. Yeah, fun. They have a, a, a Baccarat offers a gift. I think they start off with like, what, like 20,000 berries or something like that? Like a starter's fee or something like that? And then, of course, everyone just starts gambling right away. But they somehow are winning a lot all the time. Like they're winning roulettes. They're winning, they're winning the slots. They're winning blackjack. They're not even cheating, right? It's just like they're yeah, just winning all the winning. time. Then we even have like a fun five minute pod racing sequence. Sorry, wacky races sequence where they're just racing against these crazy name designed characters, including Keefe Bent the second or Keefe Bent Jr. Kent, who yeah, looks like Kent Beef Jr. Yeah. Oh, wait, what, what did I say? What did I say? Wait, what did I say? Did I say Kent Beef? Wait, what did I say? I don't even know. I'm just making uh, sure we had it right. Uh, yeah, Kent Beef. You're right. Kent Beef Jr. who looks like Woody from Toy Story. And, like, again, everyone just looks so great, where, oh, by the way, the introduction to the Wacky Races is just straight up, here's an ass shot of this unnamed bunny girl with, like, Kame written on her ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, I'm just like, again, the fan service does not hold back. Everyone is eating tonight. Like, you got, you got all the guys shirtless, you got all the girls in the, the bunny the outfits, the, the, bunny outfits. The, the dancers, the movie OCs, everyone's eating in this movie. And sorry, no pun intended for that. And you get the wacky race sequence; it's wonderfully fun. And of course, because that luck, despite the fact that they crash at some Honestly, point, they went a little hard on that scene for it being completely irrelevant to the plot of the film. Uh, yeah, we were discussing in the pre-recording where we're just like, this scene is just a like a three-five minute sequence of just them playing games and winning gambling. But it was so fun and high budget quality. I'm just like, I don't care, dude. I get, I love a good short racing sequence. I did an adventure was half the movie was that. And honestly, I had my fun and it was short and sweet. Um, They get their winnings, right? They're like, they have as much as I, I think they had at water seven. They had like 300 million. I think that was a lot of money. 300,000. Yeah. Sure. It, it was like 30 million. I believe so they have. Yeah. And then, um, they go to the VIP access room where then you feel like it's Casino Royale from 007 where it's like only the only the richest people come here, right? The VIP. Yeah, the VIP lounge. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to a very strange character, Dice, who reminded me of Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War because he had like the goatee and beanie combo. But then he headbutts the bells and he just goes, mm, yes, he gets way turned on Oh, that's, by that's the masochist guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be headshots. It has to be headshots. Right. True to um, which is, yeah, exactly. But for some reason, no one picks up on that. I thought that was going to be, like, the gimmick when they fight him later on, where it's like, oh, kick him in the nuts. And then he'll, he'll actually hate that. This, instead of, like, you know, just headshots. Because every time he hits him in the forehead, he goes, mm, give me more. And I'm just like, just kick him in the nuts. What are you guys doing? Show him, <laughs> Robin, show him some CPT or something. What the hell? Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that. It never became mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. Um, and then while they're going to the VIP lounge, we get a little introduction to Gil Tesoro and how his character is. Did you want to talk about his backstory here? So that we just get Gil sure. Tesoro's background out of the way completely? Yeah, so, because, I mean, after this, we'll go straight into the heist, right? Yeah, basically straight yeah, to the heist. that works. Um, so Gil Tesoro is basically, I guess the easiest way to put it down was traumatized so badly by a celestial dragon, he aimed to become one. In his own way. Not like a literal celestial dragon, but like, I will do everything I can to achieve that same level of power and control that this one guy had on me and my love, Stella, that he took from me. Because she was... So his love interest, Stella, was 
I don't even remember. Like, I thought it was a sex worker, but she was, like, from a human shop, which basically is, use your imagination, right? It's just as bad as it sounds. Um, But he fell in love with her. This was shown to us, like, in a very rapid, quick flashback of one minute, which is, to me, a downside to this. It's very quick, and the writing is there. Like, it shows you all enough, but it doesn't let it settle in. But he was traumatized so much because he came from, like, a horrible background of, like, he wanted to be a singer like Frank Sinatra, like, all the wonderful singers. But he turned to a crime of life. His mother was abusive and an alcoholic, but met Stella and seemed like he wanted to like turn his life around, like work in the mines, right? Get cleaned up to buy her freedom. Gets outdone by the celestial dragon, and then we hear those same quotes from the dragon as we do from him throughout the movie, where it's like, "Money buys you whatever you know, whatever power you want. You only I can give you the authority to laugh or smile in front of me." And he repeats these same uh, sentences throughout the movie and you get this is where it's coming from it's a god complex where he's just doing everything he can to get that level of control that he never had when his life went to shit right so he's been struggling to like try to contain that so that doesn't happen again but he ended up becoming the very thing he hated and just embraced it so this is a great uh thing to notice on a second watch where you notice a lot of Tesoro, the island is a love letter to Stella, right? You see all the stars, right? Because Stella means star, right? I think that's her name. Yeah. And then on top of that, you get like the gold Stella show. Like everything is dedicated to her, basically. But when you peel the layers and you see like all the the slaves that are being oppressed, right? Because they're in debt or the shit that he does to his own workers because he's doing celestial dragon shit. It you becomes like this bastardized corruption of a love letter. And you go, oh, this is a tragic fucked up shit. Oh my god. <laughs> like, this is truly Sin City in the right. worst ways possible. So I really did appreciate that on the second watch, the second skim I did. But again, that, that flashback, right, that whole backstory we get, was so quick, and it was near the climax of the movie, it doesn't quite settle in. So when you rewatch the second time, yeah. that's when you go through, oh, this is what you're trying to do. Okay. But... You know, it's it's a fun action movie, so the actual emotional backstory parts that were actually pretty damn good were They're just getting, like rushed. one step closer to, to nailing the villain backstory. They, they exactly. took our advice. We said maybe a flashback might yeah. have been better. So here yeah. we get it. Just we just need a little bit more. We just forgot to emphasize to put more than thirty seconds into the flashback. We and forgot he, to emphasize. It that. also might have <laughs> maybe a little earlier. You know, exactly. Uh, if if a better reveal time, maybe let this sit a little bit. Might have yeah. made a different. Film, uh, film Zed actually did that part pretty well, where throughout the movie, Zed is like reminiscing in the glory days where he's visiting the graveside, he's singing the old song. Film Zed did that part a lot better. Whereas in this movie, it's done mostly at the very end. It's all very effective, but it would have been better if they did the Zed tactic of give us little glimpses of him, like being a little reminiscent of Stella, right? Of his old lost love. Give some little teases more than just the stars, right? Because the stars and the names... That's re- those are references when you watch it the second time. Because there's no way you're going to know what who Stella is before you watch it. Unless you watch... Um, that's actually not true. Unless you watch the, uh, the preemptive... Uh, like, the, the promotional material. Like, Volume 777, I think that's what it's called. This also had, like, a... Um, I couldn't find it online. There was another uh, prequel chapter. Right, like building a, up a to companion this. chapter. Yeah, but you also... When you're making a movie, you can't assume everyone's going to read that stuff preemptively. So you have to throw in, like, little pieces like that throughout. So, yeah. So a little more of, like, reminiscence of the past. And still have him be corrupt. I'm not saying saying to make him more human. 
Because what you did in the movie was, no, you made him great. You make me love to hate this guy. But to make me care more for him for that tragic backstory part, spread it out a bit more. Don't condense it all into 30 seconds right before we get God of War 2 boss, you know? Where <laughs> we're like looking at the action instead of like the actual backstory. Because it's good, but it needs to be fleshed out. Um... So yeah, the god complex villain of Gold Stell of um how, how do you feel Guild. about it? let's just talk about Ro- how do you like uh, Guild Tesro as a character and villain? As a as a overall movie villain, I would say he's the second best villain we've got so far After, behind the Baron. Of course, the Baron. <laughs> the Baron, of course. I agree. Um yeah, the Baron's tragic bastard was to me done beautifully. That was both, right? Peppered throughout with through his character interactions and chemistry with his squad with his uh his old crew. And then we get that tragic monologue in the, the pitch blackness, right? When he's talking and crying. This movie, we don't get that peppered out uh, peppered out uh, references. And then we get a traditional flashback in the end. But still, what we got is still pretty damn good. I would say, compared to other One Piece villains, I would say maybe high C, low B tier, maybe. Maybe higher C, more so. Because he's a good villain. But compared to other One Piece villains that have like their actual fleshed out backstories, actual motivations, it's obviously not there, so it's unfair to compare them. But hell, the Baron compares with the best of them with what right. little time he got. So I'm judging fairly based on that. So, and again, comparing to other movie villains, that's a lot better than most of them in the past. Yeah, the, Zed, the Baron had the benefit of of the entire movie playing into his backstory. You know? Yeah, and even then, that was still flawed in execution, so Zed still comes across as, like, a high C villain, too. Where, um, like, the Golden Lion falls, like, to, like, a low C tier, maybe? Because I loved him in the beginning, but then he became a regular movie villain that, by the end, that was just kind of bland, kind of boring. Right? Yeah. Even when you read, even when I did read the, the pre-chapter before Strong World, it only fleshed out that beginning portion of the Golden Lion, not the boring end part because again he just got kind of bland at the end um but yeah overall i'd say guilt of second best movie villain pretty good overall villain and number one dripper villain (laughs) (laughs) exactly the baron didn't have good drip he had the palm tree head and that's what i remember about him um and the black suit i think but like the drip for guild and, and all the other villains guild easily takes it um i can't say the same for all the goons again i love baccarat I love her absolutely, like head, like top to bottom. Yeah, like, his whole crew ain't dang got it. Like who's that big headed guy who? Yeah, who can, Tanaka, Nuke Nuke, that can go through stuff. Yeah, he nothing you there. Know you know what's the worst part about Tanaka? Because despite the fact that he's supposed to be like you know like a Cheshire cat, obviously like an inspiration, his power is straight up Mirio from My Hero Academia, like one of our favorite side characters, and he is just so much less entertaining and insignificant. <laughs> so I can't help but compare it to yeah. Mirio, which is which is an unfair comparison, but it's just the un- the connection I made because he's just phasing through walls, no problem. And I'm just thinking, man, Mirio's a cool guy. <laughs> As I'm watching Tanaka <laughs> on screen. <laughs> um, and then Dice, he's just a comedy villain. That's nothing really bad to say about him. Yeah, he's, he's it, there. it's going to be a minute before I'm impressed with phasing again. Yeah. After, after my hero. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's a weird thing too, because Tanaka's like supposed to be like the main security guy, so he's in the movie quite a bit. But of all the goons, he's the least entertaining. He's the least visually appealing as well. If Baccarat was the security advisor, for example, instead, then I'd be like, no, Guild has the best goons. What are you talking about? Tanaka's just the third wheel on the side. Who cares about him? But he's like the most important goon. Gotta have the enough. weird one, right? 
Yeah, but he's the most important one. He's also the most boring one. <laughs> and it's like, come on. Yeah, he's the most prominently featured and easily the lamest. Easily the lamest. And then, again, I, I'm super sitting for Backard over here. Her power, as well, is completely in theme, as well, with the Las yeah. Vegas aesthetic. The Luck Luck Fruit. And it's so simple, yet brilliant, where I'm going... It's not quite as broken or interesting like, as the last movies. Uh, like when, when they were drawing up this movie, I feel Baccarat was the henchman, you know, like designed as part of the pitch. She's just yeah. way too on theme, on point. She, she just works here. Yeah. It, if honestly, you could cut out Dice and Tanaka and it would be a better crew. It would just be Guild, Karina, <laughs> would. who would turn, right? And then Baccarat. Baccarat and then Guild would be the main two honchos. But because Baccarat's luck power is so fucking busted, she can take on half the Straw Hats. But it's a one-piece shonen movie. You need to have someone to fight Zoro, someone to fight Sanji. So you need to have your extra officers, right? And that's literally what Dice and Tanaka are there for. They're literally there to fight Zoro and Sanji. <laughs> I feel like he actually could have just used some of the designs from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been better. That, you mean that monkey with the claws could have fought Zoro? Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I agree. mean, yeah, better than this guy. Yeah. I mean, the fight with Dice was actually pretty entertaining. I'm not going to lie. It was funny. Uh, he had, yeah, it was okay. Zoro had the funny, the moment at the end where he's like, did you enjoy that? After he sliced him, and then Dice smiles one last time before falling down. I had a good laugh with that. Because I'm just like, he's going to orgasm, isn't he? Yep, and he did. All right, cool. <laughs> I just watched a man come on screen. Awesome. And yeah, so it was still a fun fight. The Tanaka fight, I, I sorry, we're skipping ahead around, but we're, we're talking about the officers, like the, the lame two officers for now. Tanaka, also, his fight was straight up just cut out. Did you notice that? He was jumping around yeah. Sanji and Robin, and then the next time we see Tanaka, he's just captured by Robin. Yeah. They, they pulled a movie, too, with Nami, uh, with the uh, the honey girl, the syrup girl, where they just they just cut out the fight. And just completely, just like... Like you they know just what? forgot that they had to yeah. finish. You know, part. at this point, I think My Hero had Mirio. You could have just copied what My Hero did. It's fine. It's a movie. No one gives a fuck if you're copying someone else's shit. We would just consider it a reference. But, um, yeah, so Tanaka and Dice are just whatever lame officers. So, I know, sorry, I'm jumping around, but that, that was basically the, the gist of Guild. We'll get more into background when we get to the actual climax. Yeah, the, 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 the meat of it is like the heist section. Exactly. So, ultimately what happens is we find out that that luck luck power we mentioned with Baccarat, she taps, she was tapping uh, the dealers when they were competing against them in the gambling tables, which basically, when she taps your shoulder, if you think of it like an RPG like Fallout, because I made my New Vegas reference earlier, she drained your luck stat to zero, right? So if you had like a luck stat of like from one to ten, you let's say you had four. She takes all four stats, she doesn't leave you one, she leaves you zero. And she takes all four, and then she stacks it to herself. And there's no limit to how much she can stack. So if she just taps everyone's shoulders, like 100 people, you're looking at a person, like in like any RPG game now, with a luck stat of over, like, 1,000, just breaking everything. The, lo the rules of physics, the laws around you, the <laughs> like, the wind is going to change everything. It goes yeah, against you. Her, her power is pretty insane. It's insanely entertaining and busted, but it fits this movie so well. And so what happens is she takes off the glove, she taps Luffy's shoulder, and goes, good luck, right? Luffy is on a hot winning streak, goes for the gamble against Guild. Guild goes, you know, I'll bet you three times the cost. If you win, I'll basically give you, like, you know, 300 million berries, basically. Or something like that, right? An insane high wins. If you lose, though, you're in debt forever. 
he does the the tradition like the classic like devil's gambit kind of thing right where he goes oh you're on a winning streak well i'm gonna give you one more roll right all or nothing and of course luffy loses they go what the hell happened and then suddenly luffy is just like a clumsy idiot like he's more clumsy than yeah, jar jar stomach ache yeah clumsy. stomach ache he's slipping on a random ass banana peel that comes out of nowhere it's it's goofy right but it's a showcase of like yeah that's literally what happens luffy has a high luck stat overall and then <laughs> baccarat just took it with a shoulder tap revert to all- zero revert to zero and then i think she does it to sanji as well right because she pretends that she fell and then uh it shows off to him too and that's how they connect the dots oh it's luck based and basically, they're indebted to Guild, right? He says, you have 24 hours. Oh, that was the weird twist of this movie. The damsel in distress is Zoro in this movie. Yeah, it's not. It's, not it's, well, I wasn't I was even say, mad. I was like, I'm, I was actually just relieved it wasn't Nami again. Well, I was, I was going to say that too just now, but I realized, well, she actually does get captured like for five uh, seconds. Yeah, and then she gets captured later anyways. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it's from the giant golden colossus. I'm like, no one's going to get away from that. But, um, but yeah, instead of Nami being the damsel, like in Strong World or in the Clockwork Island adventure, it's Zoro. And so we go, oh, okay. And then we also get a strange backstory add-on where Karina, you know, other best girl, is in this movie. And then we have, like, this exchange of thieves where she tries to bump Nami's shoulder, tries to steal her wallet, but she gets caught. In the process, Nami steals her wallet and shows off that she did. And we go, oh, they used to be partners in crime. Oh, we have unique movie backstory here. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, because it doesn't interfere with the fact that Nami was just trying to steal enough money for about 10 years so she can win her town's freedom. So you can throw in there, oh, at some point she had a partner in crime named Karina. I will say Karina, in terms of the character herself, it's... That's why it was kind of hard to split. We don't get too much from her. We don't, and basically you could summarize it too. She's just Nami 2.0. That's all she she's is. Just she's just Nami's clone. friend, yeah, and she's pretty yeah. similar to Nami. That's she's it. very... Yeah, so if you're like me and you love Nami, that's not exactly a bad thing. But I also want variety, right? So I can't just have my favorite character cloned five times over. It sounds great when you're sleeping, but when you're watching a movie, it's... It's... it's again, it's it gets I mean, a little... She's She kind of ends up as a plot device really like even the backstory about her is is just about the relationship with nami right so you know yeah she's just there to make a point yeah and i do like the backstory they do have where again like it's like the Me honor too. amongst thieves kind of thing but i also felt like it took away from again gil tesoro who's supposed to be the main antagonist of the movie yeah but i would have rather you know had that added on to his time Exactly. I would have been completely fine with Nami just saying, oh, we used to be partners in crime, but she betrayed me at some point, and then Karina goes, no, you betrayed me or some shit, and just leave it at that, right? It's like, you're thieves back in the day. Okay, got it, right? That's all I need to know. But the backstory we do get with Karina and Nami, it's it's fine. Um, There was another uh promotional piece con- tiding into this movie called Heart of Gold. I think we might watch that when we go to our TV specials segment after the, our movies. Um, that was apparently a tie-in with the pirate that Nami and Karina ran into. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, that's more. Yeah, so we'll probably see more of that guy, uh, when we get to our TV specials, uh, Heart of Gold. But, yeah, again, and with the backstory with her is that she seemingly betrayed Nami, seemed like she left her for dead, but obviously she didn't because Nami escaped. And then we get the full fleshed out sequence where, like, no, Karina did come back and went, Oh no! I stole your guys' treasure too. Come get me if you can. And the treasure and the uh, the pirates they left Nami behind basically to chase after Karina. 
And Karina had like this thing where she has like a white flag with like a bunch of text written on it that she just wrote on it. But how are you supposed to read that? It's a flag waving in the wind. Like it's a movie, yeah. so we can read it. But Karina, you didn't think that part out. <laughs> um and that part's like a little callback later on in the movie, which is like kind of cute where uh she completes the heist, basically, that we didn't know about. Um so yeah, Karina is basically just Nami 2.0. She's incredibly sexy, so it works out in that way. But like you said, that backstory time given to Karina, because it's a lot more time than Guilds. Guilds has one thirty second yeah, flashback, like, and that's at it. least double, like or three times probably. Yeah, and so like that time should have been dedicated to fleshing out Guilds' uh, peppermint throughout the movie rather than Karina's. Karina's just could have just been a, a a background character that's like, oh yeah, we knew each other in the past, and then Nami's distrusting her. Um. Oh, I hate to do this again. There's one outfit we left out. He has the drip check segment. Nami oh, the, wears the other dress the, that the, Nami wears. Yeah, she wears like the Daisy Dukes and the red top with the giant ponytail. That's actually her best look in the movie. I agree. It's, it's like for one minute, and she's just talking to Karina before the heist. But that's Nami's best look, hands down. Better than the sexy bikini. Just it's just straight up better. It's just again casual is the easiest recipe. <laughs> a lot of times, get someone in a shirt shorts and ponytail you win the hearts of everybody <laughs> very classic um but yeah so the, the high starts off and they say that guild is so wealthy that he has 20 percent of the entire world's berries and i'm just going <laughs> wow rockefeller be damned hello <laughs> yeah that that's insane iceberg is sweating over there in water seven going oh man that guy is rich <laughs> Um, so ultimately they go, okay, so the heist is to get the money. We split it, you know, our, our fraction way. So you can use that money to buy Zoro's freedom and ultimately to just steal off of guilt of Zoro because he chipped you guys off. Um, the heist itself is, I will say it's too simple. Um, I like the first part where Luffy and Frankie are, you guys are doing the hard part. You're climbing the tower straight up because you guys have the stretching powers and the, you got the grappling hook hands. And I really the... did. I appreciate the pairing, first off, because we don't get Absolutely. to see them, just the two of them do that much. I just really like watching Luffy and Frankie get to bro out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but that's also why I was thinking, like, oh, so we're going to get other pairs, right? But then we're going through the plan sequence, and it's like, no, Team B is literally just everyone else. <laughs> I was like, wait, why? <laughs> yeah. What happened to Team B being Robin and Sanji? You know, your infiltrators, your actual stealth guys. They go in and deactivate the lasers or some shit while you have, like, Usopp and Nami and Chopper making a distraction because they're dressed up as street performers, right? Nami, um, Nami is, like, uh, dressed up as a dancer. Uh, Chopper is, like, the little green men, like, toy, uh, disguise. Brooke, what was Brooke's disguise? He was, like, a, um, like a uh... spirit kind of dude. Yeah, it's like like a ghost looking. Yeah, like a Halloween, like a Day of the Dead kind of look. So I thought like, okay, so those guys are going to be entertaining, maybe have some pyrotechnic accident or some shit, and then Sanji and Robin sneak in, right, and do their thing. But no, instead, it's like they skipped a scene, they deleted a scene where, like, because half the crew, they're dressed up as maids. Uh, I think Usopp, Sanji, and Robin, they're dressed up as maids, like, you know, infiltrating again. But they cut it, and they're all just together. So it's like, okay, I guess Team B is just actually a compilation of the original teams B and C, but we just had to fit into two hours, so we cut that part out, I guess. Um, 
<laughs> because like Karina, she's just herself. Like she's her disguise is I'm just going in as myself. I'm the famous singer of Grand Tesoro. I can't sneak in, so I'll be myself and help with the guards here, right? And she does the full Nami thing, right? Where she oh my god, one of the funniest scenes in the movie where she goes up to these guards, like bringing in like the next bell for a dice to break, and she goes, Is this the next bell? Yes, ma'am, it is. Oh my god, it's so big <laughs> the camera yeah. zooms in on her boobs thing. yep she does her arms she yeah uses her biceps to like crush her boobs together she leans forward she sticks out her ass and then the guys watching yes they are very big as they're looking at her boobs oh it's so firm yes they are very firm yeah and i'm just like okay i get a little it. shameless there from the animators but but also, it's a heist. It's Vegas themed. I'm all for it. It's this is fan service. The movie. It's appropriate here more than anywhere. So I'm like, you know what? I'm here for my fun. Karina's hot. We're moving on. <laughs> and the plan worked, right? Again, fan service with a purpose. This was with a purpose, right? Um, again, except for the part with the disguises, because like, again, like, I'm so distracted. Like, why were like three straw hats in maid outfits, but they weren't actually like? I wait, no, no, no. I think I remember now. That was the last part of their heist, right? Where they were going to get the money and then sneak out, right? And then that part of this guy's with the maids, they're going to sneak him out in carts. I think that was supposed to be the original backup plan, but it failed because they got caught halfway through. Yeah. So either way, I'm still th- I thought it was being more elaborate than just, you know, team A and team B. As I said, ultimately the plan falters partway through where <laughs> in a funny sequence, <laughs> Luffy's trying to sneak down and swap a snail. But he can't reach, and so he just lets go from, like, the roof that he's on and just sits down and goes, All right, I got it, Frankie! And he looks at the guard directly and realizes, Oh, I fucked up, didn't I? <laughs> A great Luffy moment there. And um, eventually he gets caught. Uh, we get that reveal that, Hey, you remember when you entered the the Grand Tesoro for the first time and all that cool golden powder was falling on you? Yeah, that's how I control people, by the way. So all because I can control all gold, so all I had to do was get a little bit of power on you, and now I can literally manipulate you like as if I was bloodbending or like I'm or like I'm Doflamingo yeah, with busted. my puppet powers. Yeah, but I did appreciate that. Well, I have to do the preemptive move of getting you in gold. I have yeah. to do that part first. Where Doflamingo, it's like, okay, what do you have to do first? Right? <laughs> Wait, do you have a range? What's your limitation? How do you control people? Like, they never quite explained that, I don't think, in Dress Rosa. Dolphinigo was so fucking broken, dude. <laughs> he was so Yeah. So, it, it, it makes appropriate sense that uh, Gil Tesoro was kind of a, a rival or, like, an enemy of Dolphinigo, because he's like, oh, I didn't take care of him myself, but at least the Straw Hats did. And I'm just like, one-off. <laughs> yeah, you deal with Dolphinigo? Did you know about the birdcage? No, I didn't think so. Okay. And then, <laughs> two, and then two, it's like, good luck inviting Doflamingo to your ship if you're, like, black market enemies or some shit. Because Doflamingo's not going to come on your ship. You're not going to get him in gold. You're, you're like, no way. No way. Like, dude, the guild, you're, you're a fine villain, but be realistic here. Like, again, he's got a god complex, so it makes sense you would think he could do that. But um, we find out that about Guild Tesoro. And Luffy and Frankie are captured. They're sent to, like, this actually pretty dope-looking golden prison that reminded yeah. me of, like, just a desolate, like, hell where it's, like, you think it's supposed to be heaven because it's covered in gold, but you have no food, no water, probably limited air. You're at the bottom of a ship, so it's probably fucking hot down there. And you're right next to the sea with all the pipes, but your only way out is, like, through, like, a turbine. It's actually hell, right? 
and then the team b diverts um they try to escape they run into um some celestial dragons that are there because oh there's a part that we glossed over which is the a weak point of the movie and i mentioned that real quick about guild to sorrow about like how he wants to like control everything and he become like a he became like a fake celestial dragon um the weak part of the movie that i wish they also expanded on was the oppression of the slaves of like all the dealers all most of these workers that are here giving you food and restaurant services you know retail shit these are all people that are like millions in debt and are forced to slave off right they cannot do anything to fight back against like the the mercenaries or any goons there's a segment where these kids are begging the straw hats like buy a flower because they need money and then backer like just walks up to them intimidates them and just goes you should go home now, right? And they don't really expand on that too much. And I wish they did because there's a little scene where the same two kids, one of them like spills a drink and then the mercenaries get pissed off. You have this massive chef come by, right? This big, intimidating, cool-looking dude with like a robotic-looking spiky beard named Double Down. An amazing name, by the way. And he pulls, um, he pulls a Chad from Bleach where he just kneels down and begs for forgiveness and doesn't fight back. Like, you think, oh, is this guy a full pacifist? What's going on here? Then you get that full explanation, right? So if he fights back, he just adds on to the debt. So even though he can probably kill those guys in one punch or less, even less, just with a look, he can't because he's he's a slave in debt, and he's trying to protect the kids, he's trying to protect himself. But the movie doesn't expand on more than that. Instead, it kind of focuses more on those kids, which... They're not the worst, but again, they're kids. You can't do much with kids. I'd rather have them just focus on just double down. Like the part where they're planning the heist and they're eating. I wish that was just at the restaurant and double down is just helping them out, right? Like he's actually like listening in going like, no, you can get in the, through these streets over here, right? Or like maybe you can go in through here. I hate Guild. He's been treating us like slaves. Have him be the entire representation of the people being oppressed by Guild. Because we also get, like, Ray's Max later on, who's, like, an agent for the Revolutionary Army, who is a funny-looking dude. He reminds me of a character from Earthbound, um, uh-huh. or the game Lisa. But again, that kind of splits the attention of, like, the efforts of, like, helping the common man, helping the everyday person. And again, like, Double Down was, like, a good design and name. I just kind of wish he was the focus. Just cut out Ray's Max, cut out the kids, just make Double Down the main guy. Like, just make him the uh, only guy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. It would have been much, it just would have been better because instead we have this other guy who's kind of shoehorned in just so we can get, I guess, a revolutionary reference. Yeah, and that's which, why I, and that's why I remembered it because Ray's Max comes in at this prison segment and he's supposed to be like this revolutionary army agent that is a big gambler. He does this weird gimmick that we never see past his introduction where he like walks really slow as if like he's trying to build static electricity on his feet. But again, like, it's a very weird gimmick. Um... But then he's quickly motivated by Luffy and Frankie to take a risk and jump into, like, these spinning turbines to stop the blades. And then everyone else does it, too. It's a weird segment. It's the the weirdest part of the movie for me. It's, like, less than ten minutes total. But it's, like, these random jobbers that we have no idea about who are prisoners down here. And they're all jumping into, like, these turbines. (laughs) That's like, that should kill you. (laughs) We don't know if you have powers or not. Like, maybe Ray's Max does, but who knows. Um, and they all managed to, like, stop the turbines with their bodies, even though, like, they're jumping multiple stories down. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even begin to imagine how, or what the logic <laughs> is here, but I w- thought, we'll allow it. I, I'm not, because I thought, what about Frankie? He's a cyborg! <laughs> Why can't he try yeah, it? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Should have just because exploded, maybe? 
Luffy shot, shot it? You know? Or shoot it, yeah. Because He's an artillery. Point, yeah, so the whole point Luffy couldn't stop it was because the turbines were made out of sea prism stones. Because, again, that's the in-universe convenience, right? So why Devil Fruit users can't steamroll everything. And the sea, and the turbine, that's why Luffy was trying to, despite the fact that he was getting weaker and he couldn't, like, stretch out and just, you know, stall it that way. And he just kept uh, getting beaten out over and over again. And I kept going, okay, Frankie, shoot it. Pull back Luffy and just go, Luffy, it's okay to let like, someone else do the work. It's fine. And then him shoot it. And then they move on. But no, instead, it's like this weird, like, again, because they want the motif of, like, you know, Luffy inspiring people. And I get that. But it was a, such a weird moment because I'm just like, Frankie's right there. He has a radical beam. We saw him use it earlier on the Long Long Pirates. It's cool. <laughs> it's a beam. <laughs> He's not a Devil Fruit user. If the beam doesn't work, have him jump down himself, and then he will stop it with his cyborg body. Unless, I don't know, I guess it actually spins so hard he can dent him. It didn't hurt Ray's Max and the other guys. It shouldn't hurt Frankie. Again, sorry, it's a small segment of the movie. It's like the worst part of the movie, but it's not even that bad. It's just that when everything else in the movie is so entertaining, this was the weird part where I'm just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> a little overlook, right? Like you could. Yeah, it's like it is kind of a nitpick, but yeah. there's also overall this movie is just it's just pretty good. It's just really yeah. fun all the and way. That, there's no huge errors, so yeah, and that's why that nitpick moment stands out so much more because I'm just like it slows down for a little bit. I'll admit, if I'm rewatching this movie, I'm gonna skip that prison sequence. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, so Team B, right? They get to the vault. They shut down the snail phones. Uh, th- sorry, the the snail cameras. And they get to the vault. Uh, Karina has the key, right? The very elaborate key, because Guild has a bigger ego than Eneru. He She opens the vault, and it turns out it's the it's a, it's a stage, and it's like, oh, it's a big elaborate trap. We have Zoro here. I'm going to execute him live on camera. Look at your Team A. They're going to drown here, right? They're going to drown in that room with all the seawater, because I knew your plan from the beginning, because Karina was a spy working for me, and I'm just like, no one saw this coming, really. Right? Gas. No one. Yeah, Shock. like n- like Nami was shocked, and she was the one going, "We have no choice but to trust her, but expect her to be the backstab us." And she's acting so shocked. I'm just like, what's going on here? What's what's going on here? And then because early in the movie they teased that um, the Revolutionary Army and the Navy were going to show up, like they actually had uh, Koala like uh, listen in on intel. Like with that Cold War era looking like uh, Intel room with the phones and Sabo being there. So I'm like, okay, so Sabo's going to rescue them, I guess. Or Luchi is going to show up with the fleets and they're going to like magically like shoot like a pump on accident or some shit and break them out with bad luck or whatever, right? Because that'd be a Vegas themed, I guess. I don't know. I was trying to brainstorm what was going to go how, go on. Then it turns out I was Smickledorf. I was the one bamboozled because it turns out. That was a part of the heist that they didn't tell us that there was a third step or sorry, an extra step where Frankie was going to configure the pumps to shoot seawater rather than the gold liquid. He was also going to turn off the power. And then Karina was actually a double agent and working with a straw hat the whole time. So I'm like, okay, I was fooled. You got me there. I really thought Sabo was just going to come in and just save the day or some shit. (laughs) But, But also that couldn't have been planned from the beginning. Could it have? Because they didn't learn about the seawater until they were leaving the prison. Mm-hmm. So that's when it was revealed. Because Luffy had gold on his arms, and then there was seawater in there and that wiped it off, and that's how they realized that seawater cancels the effect. Yeah. So that part was a little weird. I guess the power part. 
the power part was probably planned, right? Because w- without the power, he still can't work the pumps. Yeah, right? I think the like, other stuff like, probably could have still been planned. Yeah, the seawater was it was the extra icing on the cake, probably to add it. Um, but yeah, then the straw hats were like, "Oh, you've been bamboozled." They do the yakuza thing where they take off their clothes in one arm swoop, and they have like the leather uh, zip up outfits, which will all look great and sexy. We cover that in the drip check segment, and we get that. And then all the straw hats reunite, right? Luffy's shot up in the air, and he's brought back. And then he's like, oh. And then they do the thing to him, to Gil Desoro, where they go, no, you're the one that was deceived. Doesn't it suck? Like, aren't you the fool to be deceived? Therefore, we are the right ones in this, right? Because that was Gil's thing, right? Where it's like, if you're a fool, that's your fault. You're, that's why you're in debt, and that's why I control you. They do that thing to him, and that's why we get that flashback sequence, right? The one that we mentioned where it should have been expanded on, but it's pretty good for what it was. But then the movie goes, shut the fuck up. Now it's God of War 2, okay? He's got a golden idol now as a mecha unit, I guess, or a giant colossi. <laughs> um, by the way, he also has this other ability where if he gives you golden armor, it makes you faster and stronger, I guess. I don't get that. <laughs> Nor do I. I don't friend. get it. Um, I thought originally, because they do do this like at one sequence, where he's looking down at his guys wearing the armor, he uses the armor to, like, to stretch out its like, extra arms to grab people or something. So I thought, okay, that's the armor's purpose. It's not actually meant to make him stronger or even look, look, look better. Because I'll admit, Baccarat looks like, kind of bad in the golden armor. I'll admit. She's just wearing underwear with armor yeah. over it. But I'm just like, it's not going to do shit, man. Gold is malleable. <laughs> just bring in some heat and that shit's melting. Or just hit it hard enough. But regardless, it's... It's magical. It's it's devil fruit gold. So hey, it's I, I mean, still better than nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, but you know, <laughs> yeah. the main the main point is the action starting. Um, the movie also blue balls at this point. Blue balls me specifically because if you, I think I've been clear about it in a couple of our past episodes, where I'm very curious and anticipating when the Revolutionary Army is going to have their big moment in One Piece to finally, you know, come up to the stage in the plot. Yeah. Rather than, like, in the background. And what this movie does is Luchi and Spandom are also in this movie. Motherfucking Spandom is in this movie. It was really nice getting to see Luffy punch the shit out of Spandom. Oh, my God. The best part was Luffy doesn't even fucking remember him. That was the best part of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Did Luffy ever meet him? I don't uh, think he did. Well, Spandam shouted Maybe down at them. briefly? Yeah. like, But that was kind of far. Yeah, that was kind of far. But either way, he wouldn't remember him because Luffy didn't fight him directly. Right? He fought Luchi. So Luffy would remember Luchi and not Spandam. But what I loved still regardless was Spandam was like, Oh, you did me dirty at Eni's lobby. Do you remember my face? And Luffy goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Like, he like pulls a Thanos. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> But Love either it. way, he gets his just desserts and Luffy punched in the ground, which didn't have the same animation quality as the rest of the fight, but whatever. He didn't deserve it. It's spandom. Fuck that guy. <laughs> the part I'm talking about specifically is Luchi shows up after an actually an interesting scene where Luchi is demanding ten fleets, because that's what Gildasoro requests when they find out the, the heist plan, right? And then Luchi goes to the fleet admiral, Akainu. And goes, I want 10 fleets. And Akainu goes, you can't order me around. I'm your fucking boss. And I'm not going to help this from a pirate. And then Lucha just tells him, remember the mission. And then Akainu loses his shit. And then Luchi gets his wish. So there's like a little power struggle there. I don't know if it's canon or not because it's in the movies. But it's implying that there might be a little power struggle between like the branches of power in the Navy. 
where you got like yeah. CP zero, which is like I guess like the CIA, right? And then you have the actual navy, the actual military. So you're like, okay, there's some power struggle going on here, or at least a rivalry between Ikainu and Luchi. But the main meat and bones of the blue balls that I'm getting into, sorry for the delay, is Sabo shows up to Luchi, and we're straight up going, oh, this is the CP0 head against the RA second in command. And then Luchi goes, is this your justice? And then Sabo goes, justice, this is freedom. Luchi just like, just nods his head and then takes off the jacket, goes into leopard mode. So you've chosen death. Yeah, so you've chosen death. Exactly. And we don't see the fight sequence! Yeah. I'm so like, why, how, why are you going to put that? both these characters in it, even? And you're going to tease me like that. You I mean, we all know Sabo's going to win. I think yeah. Sabo would. I, yeah. I guess I do have bias towards older villains, right? Yeah, because we don't know how big of a glow up Luchi is, right? Because last yeah. time we saw Luchi, this was Eni's lobby when Luffy just got gear two and third, second and third. So, and at this point, Luffy's, you know, stronger than that. Without saying too much, because we haven't gotten to Act 3 of Wano yet. <laughs> He's gotten stronger since then. And it, so, it is still kind of my headcanon that Luchi was already using hockey, at least a little bit. A little so, bit, I mean, right. like, you're just weak, my dude. You're mm-hmm. not going to beat Luffy, and probably not Sabo. Yeah, so, but again, we'll never know for sure, because I'm then thinking, okay, it's world government versus revolutionary army. They're going to make this quick because they're not the main focus, but please... This is like the like the the main meat and bones, right? Of the One Piece overarching plot. We're gonna get to it, and they're gonna tease in this movie. Hell no, we're gonna blue ball you. Cut back to the golden mecca. And I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> Why was Sabo even here? Why well, was Luchi even here in the movie? Well, well Sabo was here. Well, I, they, they I, do say, I understand why the revolution. Right, right. Are You're there, talking about but why did you put oh, Sabo? Why did you have to show me Sabo? I didn't. Writers I don't, I don't just need to see him, you know? Yeah, the writer's purpose. Why are they here? Right, that's what you're asking. And I go, yeah, Precisely. I don't know either. I get yeah, cameos, I guess, right? Because people love cameos. I, I like the cameos. It's always great to see Koala, Sabo, and Revolutionary Army. But, you know, and then Luchi too, don't get me wrong. And then Spandum. Oh, Spandum. Uh, man, Luchi should have punched him harder, man. Oh, that, I felt like that punch was so weak. You know this punch that he gives to guild in the in the climax he should have done that to expand him instead oh, i would have been so happy <laughs> sorry personal reasons aside um the, so the blue ball happened and then the fights happened we mentioned the dice and tenaka's fight earlier um the dice fight was pretty entertaining it was smooth crisp animation it was comedic but you know we got the fun fight tanaka's was skipped it was deleted right and then we get baccarat's fight my god, this fight was... This, if it weren't for me personally never seeing Luffy in Gear 4th in animation before, I would have said this fight, the Baccarat fight, would have stolen the spotlight for the best action piece, just for how creative it was. How yeah. wacky it was. Because Baccarat shows off in full power what exactly how powerful and ridiculous the Luck Fruit is. That's like a sugar-level Devil Fruits. Almost, honestly. right? Yeah, we're talking about our Dress Rosa comparisons with Bill Flamingo. Like, yeah, here's sugar here. Um, And she straight up just has a bunch of mercenaries next to her, right? She just goes tap, 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 tap. And then she holds a coin. And then flicks the coin near Brooke, Usopp, and Chopper. Right? The other straw hat. And then you just see mayhem ensue. And she's just standing still, doing nothing. Well, she's laughing and pointing. But, you know, basically she's standing still. 
the goons are like firing rockets, but they're missing. Oh, I hit that debris up there. Oh, the, sp- the splinter flew. Oh, the- my pants fell down. Oh, I missed my shot. Oh, now I dropped this armory, and now this bomb is exploding in front of the three. Right? <laughs> it's like little moments like that are constantly happening, and they're Brooke, Chopper, and Usopp, they're constantly on the back foot. They can't get to her because something is constantly getting in the way. I forget who it was. I think it was Usopp. He tries to fire a shot, and then a mercenary trips into yeah, the blast midway it. through. So I'm thinking, this is so busted. What the fuck is this? Literally, luck. It's literally Lady Luck that they're dealing with here. It's kind of unfortunate that wasn't her name. But, um... Oh, yeah, it's kind of a missed opportunity, huh? Yeah, but it's fine. Baccarat. You know, name I mean, yeah, you can... We'll just make it her headcanon. That's what's on her bounty yeah, poster. That, yeah, that's her... If she was a full-on fledged pirate, her name is Baccarat. A reference to the the game, but then her pirate name would be Lady Luck. Yeah, like her, her epithet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I love the best was the conclusion. Usopp figures out, let me try something. He does the Usopp run, right? Does the fake out, as always. But it's Usopp. You know he'll be back. He comes back with a new bag, a new round, right? He fires it at, not at her, but at the coin. That's like this, like, the, holds all the luck that she had stored. The bag captures the coin, and you're thinking, like, is it sight-based? I don't know what's going on. But then Usopp fires a second round, and then she just goes, that's not going to do anything. Headshots her! She's down for the count, because, you know, she's not really sturdy. She's just been relying on luck. She literally has, you know, if we're doing the RPG thing again, all her stats are 1, with charisma maybe at 9, and then luck's at 10. Right? <laughs> it's, or, like, maybe intelligence at a few points. But her strength and endurance are at 1. And then she goes, what the hell just happened? And then Usopp realizes, okay, so your luck has a finite limit. All I had to do was deplete it. And she goes, don't tell me. She looks at the coin. You see a five-slot slot machine <laughs> with, like, five-sevenths <laughs> yeah. jackpot. And I'm like, of course, there's all your luck to get that master jackpot. So your luck is back at zero now, and therefore you can get hit again. I thought that was so creative. It's so entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining for sure. It made up for the fact that Baccarat's fighting outfit was ridiculously dumb. <laughs> when her opening outfit was so great. And that last drip was like, that was just bad drip. I'm sorry. The gold is, that was that was too much. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It should have just been the underwear, if anything. For, for personal reasons. But, you know, but the gold <laughs> just didn't do anything. But, um, yeah, it was just such a creative conclusion to that fight. I can't say the same with Guild Tesoro's fight sequence, because it does the shonen thing where it just builds up to higher stakes without mm. actually building up the higher stakes. Because he has the mech, right? He does some cool punches against Luffy that's entertaining. And then he has a moment where he captures Nami because Nami rescued Karina. But then uh, Luffy saves Nami really quickly. And then there's a fake out where he oh, he's going to kill Nami, but then... Not because they, he misses by a mile. There's that weird sequence where he tries to step on Karina and or Nami, but then misses like by a whole minute. It's like, dude, I don't think I don't think your mech's that working power. Are you sure it increases attack and speed? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you're you, you're so slow you couldn't hit the regular humans. <laughs> yeah, overall, um, like I like the choreography. I guess is okay, pretty good yeah, action, but it's like yeah. no, nothing special. Yeah, and then you get that finale where he just goes full on ape shit rage, and then like he floods the entire city and just starts absorbing all the people. They start drowning in the gold, but then Luffy just goes into Gear Fourth, right? Or he's been in Gear Fourth for a bit at this point. But then you have your King Kong gun, your final attack, which again I never saw this animated before, so it was actually a 
real spectacle to see this all animated, and that's why and this looking actually as good as it ever has. Yeah, so this is why the background fight didn't steal a spotlight from me. It was actually the the gear fourth segment and the opening sequence, obviously. But like, I never saw him in action before, and it just looks so great between speed and power. It was entertaining, and then you get that final moment where when Gil gets hit, he just you know just mutters Stella one more time you know pulls a golden lion right but instead of golden lion yelling roger <laughs> instead it's him <laughs> whispering stella and then it's that reminder of like yeah it's a tragic love story that just corrupted him completely and made him who he was yeah i, I also briefly just really liked the moment in the fight when i think it was when he had nami it was when luffy yelled up like let her go and he saw a flashback of himself yeah and then he kind of just did like a 180 and he he realized it and he's like you know what I'm a, I, yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm embraced it. Yep, I'm the villain now. I'm just gonna accept this, and I'm just like, oh, we lost him. Oh, yeah, we lost him, I really like that moment. Yeah, it didn't work as much for me though, just because Nami is not the love interest. But I get what they're right. For. Um, but yeah, so Guild eats it. He conveniently lands in the middle of the navy ship between Luchi and Sabo in their not fight that they were not having, and then Luchi just goes, "Okay, we got the guy. Let's go." Really, Luchi? Dude, you have the number two of the Revolutionary Army right there. You're just gonna go, or we're just gonna get uh, killed and Bro, go off. Bro, he's a bitch. He knew he was about to get ran. I want to think that too, but I also want to think that. Yeah, maybe... I don't need to take this, but yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, so I'm. This is probably me overthinking it because I'm also going like, is there actually like a part of the mission that he keeps saying in quotes that's more that we don't know about? Or is it just him, like you said, just bitching out because he realizes I can't compete against Sabo. <laughs> <laughs> I lost to I lost to the Straw Hat Pirates before the t- before the time skip. I've been training and I got some new drip, but <laughs> yeah. but but we also haven't seen him in action since the time skip. So who knows? Maybe Luchi is actually a lot stronger now. Maybe he's awakened his fruit and he has like some crazy, I don't know, some uh, I don't know, some bleach power up. I don't know. But, um, and then the movie ends with a fake countdown where you think the ship's going to self-destruct. Karina has, like, this, like, uh, teary farewell. Oh, Nami, just go. I'll hold back and steer the ship away or some shit, right? And then somehow every single person on the ship, every single person on this Las Vegas-sized ship escapes in less than two minutes onto (laughs) a ship. Yeah, no way. Yeah, we'll just ignore that for now. They escape, and they're expecting a big emotional explosion. Nothing happens. And then they look at a telescope, and then you see Karina doing her flag thing, where she goes, oh, you've been duped by Karina. And you go, oh, that was the ultimate high. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the vault. She can't steer the ship on her own, obviously, but she got the vault somehow. So, And a whole city of gold. Yep. So if she can somehow sell even a portion of it, she made out like a, like a hellcat. Like, made out like a thief. So... There you go. <laughs> so she got away with that. And I think it was also implied that Karina also stole Nami's wallet at the end to imply yeah. that she got better at the end. I don't know. I didn't buy that part. I'm just like, you got the ship. Just, you got the ship. That's <laughs> right. good enough. I just, maybe, maybe she just left a note there. I don't know. Um, and then the Straw Hats are sailing away from the ten fleets that are there. And then you get your classic One Piece ending. Like we, like you heard throughout, there's a couple of flaws with the movie. But boy, it doesn't take away from the fact this is an incredibly fun movie my god yeah this one it has a warm place in my heart as like the first one piece movie that i've seen and it's also just it's just good it's fun it's exciting it's entertaining and that's what what i really ultimately want out of a one piece movie yeah exactly that's all i need 
Mm-hmm. So just like did it in Adventure, which is also just what we want in a movie, where I want the characters being themselves. I want some high stakes. It doesn't have to be life-changing Look, or world-changing. Here's, here's the takeaway you need to take from this whole 12-week, even more than that, because we took some breaks. If it mm. doesn't have ships racing in the movie, it's not a good movie. <laughs> okay? Only the movies with ship races are good. Actually, you're right, actually. Think about it. <laughs> all of our... All of our... Because I was going to say, this movie also gets an 8 out of 10, just like Dead End Adventure. Um, and uh, The Secret Island of the Baron. And yeah, those islands, like I said, those movies, like I said, have a racing sequence in some way or another. And yeah, it's that's, that's all you need. Also, I still can't figure out who is best girl, Karina or Baccarat. I still can't determine it. I'm going to have to think on that because it's very rare for movie OCs to do this. Because usually they're very bland, right? They're very yeah. just in the background. They might look kind of cool, like Zed, right? He looks cool. But in terms of drip or even like best girl looks it's like eh, you're just kind of there you're just yeah you're, you're just you're just you're just in the you're in the background you're a throwaway character in this one though i'm just like you know i wouldn't mind seeing them again in future movies i don't think they will but yeah, who knows there's that time i mean you got karina yeah. th- this movie oc who has a connection with nami in some way even though she's just nami 2.0 um you have vacaret who has an incredibly fun power also they're just hot please <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, they're just really let's hot. Just, let's just cut to the chase, shall we? Let's just cut to the chase. Um, and bring back the drip, please do. So, Jacob, if you wanted some input on who is the best girl in this movie, where could people reach you? Yeah, if you're going to uh, tell me who's best girl between Backrider or Karina, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C... Man, they're so hot, they're distracting me from my spelling. J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, where can I find you, Justin? You can find me also on Twitter or on YouTube at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a Discord opened up. Uh, the link to that, you can join us and join our conversations and discussions about the anime, manga, and other general chat. The link with that would be in our episode description, I believe. And if you want a special role on that Discord, we also now have a Patreon, which you Thank can get you. a special role on that Discord, and we do a monthly hangouts in that very same Discord. The Discord is free, though, so come through absolutely um we're trying to figure out the next hangout time because we both me and justin have new availability times that are much more strict much less lenient than we had in the past so we're trying to figure that out but we do want to hang out because the last one we had was really fun uh watching justin and uh and b play a super smash brothers it was really fun um chat about anime in general uh also if you want to leave us a review constructive criticism or five-star review of any kind please do so on whatever site you're listening on whether it's itunes spotify any feedback is appreciated oh and what's our next movie is it the final movie stampede the final movie one more to go for our next and- episode that's what we're discussing mm-hmm. uh before red anyway right until red comes out which is relatively yeah. soon a couple months yeah but and then after we conclude stampede we got some plans going on. Yep. Yeah, well, we'll give, I think, all the full details in our next recording. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>